Chapter Thirty of Pee Wee Harris FOB Bridgeboro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee Wee Harris FOB Bridgeboro by Percy Keese Fitzhugh. A surprise. The lordly Hudson looked inviting after their two days and a half on land. It seemed to call and beckon the wayworn travelers to its glinting expanse. Cars might go wrong, engines lie down, gates refuse to work, but the quiet river hurried on, 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 between its fair green hills forever. Seeing it as they did then, it seemed removed from all the commonplace and sordid troubles of the road. It was so quiet. The few boats upon it made no noise. It had a solemn dignity that the grandest high road knows not. Looks nice, hey, kid? sure and i'll bet you'll like black lake too it's all kind of dark all around it and you can see the stars in it i wish half of them were in it laughed townsend posy brazen and they're inserted in it said peavy you mean inverted in it townsend said well we'll be there tomorrow if all goes well as long as we can't get liz till five o'clock we'll camp tonight what do you say i say yup said peavy yup it is then said townsend say it with yups Maybe we'll have another dandy delay, too, hey? said Pee-wee. Very likely, said Townsend. I wouldn't care to knock Liz, though she seems to be knocking herself. Is it a, a, loose bearing? Pee-wee asked hopefully. I can't promise you that, said Townsend, but she's knocking. I hope it'll be a five-cent repair, if any. Otherwise, we'll have to use a couple of dozen resources. They found a little cottage down by the river, occupied by an old woman who hobbled out with a cane to look at them. She was smoking a pipe and looked very funny. She talked with such an Irish brogue that they could hardly understand her, but they made out from what she said that an old punt which was drawn up on the shore belonged to no one in particular. It had belonged to Mimon, they gathered, and they supposed that Mimon was her departed husband she seemed perfectly willing that they should use it and watched them with curious intentness as townsend rode out with the pair of old broken oars which had been leaning against the tree nearby. then she hobbled into the house again puffing furiously it seemed as if she were glad for the slight diversion they rode all the way across the river in sight of the great poughkeepsie bridge at the poughkeepsie wharf a big hudson river boat was admitting passengers and the boys rode about near it while the passengers waved to them and one man threw an apple which peavey caught girls too from the security of the mammoth decks called to the tiny craft below and giggled and chatted with townsend as he rested on his oars he might have looked rather attractive from up there at all events the usual pleasantries were exchanged come on down no you come up no you come down no you come up catch this peewee missed a piece of candy you can't throw he shouted you can't catch called a girl doesn't he look little down there she said to her companions sound travels plainly over water and peavy heard them it's on account of the distance he shouted if we come down will you take us for a row giggling positively said townsend more giggling and so on and so on they flopped lazily around on the river until mid-afternoon when townsend realized to his surprise that the ebbing tide had carried them far downstream it was aided and abetted now by a freshening breeze against which it was almost hopeless to struggle rowing against wind and tide is a thankless task townsend could have made shore easily enough but it is the scout way to leave a thing where one finds it 
he did the only thing he could do striving against such odds which was to keep close in shore where the current was less strong and pull the boat along by clutching the overhanging foliage where there was any it was slow work but of such a nature that peewee could assist at last by dint of rowing and pulling they reached the spot where they had embarked the irish woman was not in evidence but the smoke was curling up out of the chimney of her little house which reminded the returning voyagers that it was getting on towards supper-time unless indeed the smoke was from her trusty pipe it's six o'clock if anybody should ask you said townsend looking at his watch and we've got more than two miles to walk said peavy well the sooner we get about it the sooner it's done said townsend the water makes you hungry doesn't it you said it said peavy the land makes you hungry but not so much as the water gee whiz i got all sunburned look at my arms said townsend i'm good and tired i know that i'm going to make rice cakes you like those said peavy we'll find a good place in the woods to camp hey and i'll fry some bacon too hey go as far as you like said townsend i'll eat anything i could eat a bale of hay we'll make an omelette with some egg powder too said peavy encouraged we'll have a banquet hey because maybe this'll be our last supper alone together maybe i'll make hunter stew too he shouted in sudden inspiration it will surely be our last supper together if you do that said townsend but he would probably have eaten even that weird specialty of peavy's without complaint so hungry was he as for peewee he could have eaten the ford with a relish they trudged wearily back to the village and passed it toward the little garage beyond the two miles seemed to have stretched out to an appalling length like the neck of alice in wonderland they were ready to drop with each step they made all their recent bodily exertion on the river seemed to take effect in their weary limbs and they stumbled along dog-tired and silent don't you care said peewee we'll start a fire and lie down and have supper gee whiz i can eat lying down as well as sitting up can't you i could eat standing on my head said townsend not soup said peavy well rice cakes and bacon said townsend yum yum mm, said peavy as they approached the little garage it had a strange uninviting look it looked different there was not that suggestion of open hostility which it had shown when lizzie rolled majestically in and awoke the dim echoes of the interior with her rich modulated voice in plain fact the garage was closed its two big doors linked together by a huge cold-hearted padlock and no sign of human life was there anywhere about the place End of chapter thirty